Thanks for joining us today. I'm Rob Parker, lead pastor at The Plant Church. Our vision is to know Christ and make him known. If you are interested in getting connected or if we can help you in any way, email us at info at theplantchurch.org. Today's another day. My oldest son is 24 years old. I can't believe I have a 24-year-old. And it's his birthday today. And so happy birthday, Brandon, as he's at law school. But I remember in first grade, oh, my little boy was a six-year-old. And his teacher had this crazy fascination with butterflies. And if you know us or if you sat around a campfire with us, we've talked about some of the funny stories about Brandon learning about butterflies. And so by the time Christmas came in first grade, I knew more about butterflies than I ever, ever wanted to. But God had a plan for that because I'm a preacher and every good story makes it on stage. Do I get an amen? You're like, just don't tell me stories about me, right? But I want to talk to you about the life cycle of a butterfly because there's a word that is used four times. Four times, two of them are dramatic events in Jesus' life, which is the same event told in two different Gospels. But then the Apostle Paul uses the same word on two very dramatic, teachable situations. So let's look at the caterpillar. It all begins with the caterpillar. Wait a second. Before that, what actually happens is that a butterfly lays an egg. Now, the butterfly's egg takes anywhere from six weeks to one year to turn it into a caterpillar. Did you know that? It all depends on the species of butterfly. Again, way too much information, but just to woo you. And so all of a sudden, this egg turns into a caterpillar. Now, New Jersey caterpillars do not look like this. They're brown with a black street, they're hairy, and they're nasty, right? This is probably in some beautiful forest. But that's not the traditional caterpillar. So, interesting fact about caterpillars. They wreak havoc in forests and farmlands. And forest rangers and farmers hate them. Do you know how much a caterpillar eats every single day to equivalent to what if, if we were a caterpillar? 20 pounds of food. Wow. We'd be Daniel fasting a lot. 20 pounds a day, the equivalent of what, if we ate what a, what a caterpillar eats every single day, would be 20 pounds of food. And all they eat are leaves. That's all they eat. And then all of a sudden, there's a moment. And no one can get into the mind of a caterpillar. But for some moment, it just stops. And the caterpillar attaches itself to some form of branch and starts going into forming a chrysalis. It's not a cocoon, it's a chrysalis. Everybody say it with me, chrysalis. And so in that, you see this stage that happens. And all of a sudden, the caterpillar forms this chrysalis, a cocoon shape, and all of the parts of the caterpillar start falling off. All its legs, all its fur, all its two eyes, Everything just starts deteriorating, and new body parts begin to form. The butterfly gets four long legs, 
it gets a, 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 a probis, probiscus, better say right, probiscus, which, which sucks the nectar out of a flower and then puts it into another flower. It starts forming a completely different body. And then the most beautiful part that we all know that makes the butterfly stand out is the what? It's wings. Let's see the beautiful butterfly, okay? So here's the beautiful butterfly. Now, what was once something that caused, caused havoc on the earth now produces life. It goes from flower to flower, pollinating flowers. Did you know that about butterflies? It's not just the bees. It's the butterflies as, as also. It should really be like the butterflies and the bees, not the birds and the bees. That's what it should be called, the butterflies and the bees. And it just goes around. Now, here's a really interesting fact. A butterfly, certain butterflies, can do a round trip of 2,400 miles. So, Nairi, a butterfly can fly from here to California without stopping. Pretty cool, right? So why is this so important? Because there's a word that is used four times. We have been studying certain words in scripture that mean so much more than we think. Because what we do is we, we literally, we, we dilute what the authors are trying to speak to us. We've talked about yada to know. We've talked about hineni, which means here I am. But the word we're going to use is for the process that the butterfly goes to. Metamorphuo. Can you say it with me? Metamorphuo. Right? We say it's metamorphosis. But the Greek word is metamorphuo. What does it mean? Translated to change into another form. To transform and then a word, what I really want us to f focus on is to transfigure. You remember Jesus had a transfiguring episode? And so when you look at this idea of metamorphuo, it's to change into something brand new. The caterpillar turned into something that will never go back to what it once was. Now, why am I saying that? Because that's the work that the Holy Spirit wants to do in all of our lives. We, like to, we, we think God just wants to make us better. Put a new engine in us, a new radio, better tires. No. This word is talked about for the work that God wants to do in each of us. And if you are here today... God is wanting to do this work in you. Let me pray. Jesus, I'm going to ask you for a special Holy Spirit moment for each person in this room. I ask you that I would be clear and tight in my con communication. And I ask that someone would have a light bulb moment, an epiphany. Something that jumps out and grabs them and says, now I get it. That's what they meant. That's what the scriptures say. That's the Holy Spirit nudge that, that I've been feeling and needing more of. So Holy Spirit, do it. I want to thank you that you've been doing this in me for the last 30 years. In Jesus' name, amen. So as a preacher... I need to give you something to hold on to. 
I need to give you a verse that you can say, I can revert back to that, and that's what Pastor Rob meant. So in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and this is our whole jump-off verse, it says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform, metamorphuo, transfigure you into a new person by changing the way you think. Think about that. Take a moment, look at that. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So let's talk about conformity and transformation. What are the two different things? Conformity is the action in accord with prevailing social standards, attitude, practices, and etc. We can all see this, right? Conformity. And we see this, we, we even see this in fashion. Who would have ever thought that mom jeans were coming back? Seriously, ladies, seriously, I remember when, when, when I met Sue and they were wearing these mom jeans and like, these are so cool. And I'm like, no, they're not. And they went away and she's like, I couldn't believe I wore those things. And now they've come back. And she's like, aren't these so cool? I'm like, sure, whatever. Be quiet, Rob. Right? Everything, imagine when bell bottoms come back. I mean, this is going to be nuts. Me preaching in bell bottoms, that's going to be really, really weird. But think about this. There's, there's, this, there's this idea that in all of us, this need to attach ourselves to something that we see that we want to form our identity around best stage of life that we see this the most. High school, junior high. Back in the day, you had your jocker, your jocks, your rocks, your, you know, your, your geeks, that's what we called them, right? I definitely wasn't one of them. I wish I was. It would have helped me out a whole lot more, right? Indies, right? Hippies, whatever it is, you name it. There's this idea of conformity into whatever you want to say. I want to act like that. I want to be like that. I want to behave like that. I want to be identified with this group of people. And so what you do is you change everything externally to try to fit in. Do I get an amen? I would love to see all your high school pictures because we could see who you tried to be back then. And so what we did is I remember freshman year I was one thing. I remember sophomore year, I was another thing. I remember junior year, I was another thing. I remember senior year, I was another thing. I mean, I went through like four different stages of conformity in high school alone. And then I finally was driven to the point of insanity. I'm like, I just got to be me. And right now, more than ever, there is this pressure of conformity. And I love what Paul says. He says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Another translation says, do not conform to the patterns of this world. So what's the world? It's this lure for selfishness. It's this lure to, to have to be our own gods. It's this lure to find, our, to find this, this, this sense of identity in which we create ourselves. But I love what John says. The apostle John gives this definition for the world. Look at this definition, and, and let's see how relevant the Bible is. 
I believe the Bible is the most relevant book because of how timeless it has been. John says this, and this is how he defines the world. The craving for physical pleasure. Do I get an amen? That's the world, right? I mean, Super Bowl commercial. Think about all the things that they try to lure you into. A craving for everything we see. And pride in our achievements and possessions. Do you know during COVID that Amazon's stock went up so high because people were buying so much stuff because they were just so lost with having to be in their houses by themselves? And so there was this need for more and more and more and more and more and more. And how true is this definition? The craving for physical pleasure. The craving for everything we see. And pride saying, I did that. I accomplished that. It's all me. And Paul is saying that our original nature is selfishness, indulgence. Do I get an amen? Right? Isn't that why some of us have found ourselves here at church saying, I'm done. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted of trying to just chase myself. Right? I'm tired of having to always reinvent myself or live up to my expectations and other people's expectations. I'm exhausted of all this indulgence that, that I'm forced into. And even Paul says this. I love what Paul says. And this is where we need to just really bring down Scripture to, to its purest human form. Paul says this. I don't really understand myself. Do I get an amen? I really don't get myself. I mean, here's the apostle Paul. When he wrote this, this was after being a Christian for, for many, many years. He was writing to Rome. For I want to do what is right Oof, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Think about the last 48 hours. Does anybody relate? And there's this pull. There's this pull for each one of us. So Paul goes, time out. You're not stuck there. That's you, the caterpillar. That's you, the caterpillar. That's you reverting back. And he says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. The world says change the outside, hoping it will change the inside. And Paul says, no, let God change the inside so that your outside radiates who you actually are as a child of God. And I love how metamorpho just means changing into something new. It's transfiguring something. When we talk about transformation, I almost feel like we've kind of dumbed it down too much. Transfiguring is something that you, you, you take it and you tie it up so much that it could never be used the same way as it once was. And so you have this picture. Let, let me read something to you that I wrote. Conforming is the personal changing of outward patterns to live in a utopian state. Isn't that what we all try to force? 
We try to force the utopian state. Transforming is an internal change of beliefs where what is being processed emotionally, mentally, relationally is undergoing a supernatural transitional change. You notice how I haven't talked about behavior one time? You notice that? And that's something where we get caught up in. We get so caught up in in our behavior. And God's like, I'm not trying to change your behavior. I'm trying to change how you believe who you are in light of God. And I love the whole idea of the caterpillar. You see, we can all probably say, if we are really followers of Jesus, there's this day that we all had that we said, this is when I realized I needed Jesus. This is that day, this was that month, this was the period of life that I was walking through. And here you have this caterpillar just eating and eating and eating and eating and eating and eating. And one day it's like, I'm just so full, I'm done. You ever get to that point? You're just so full of this world's stuff that you're like, I am done. You see, that's your salvation moment. And instead of attaching yourself to another leaf, okay, think of imagery like the caterpillar would have ran to before, you attach yourself to a branch. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Right? Let's get a little prophetic here. You see how amazing God's creation really gives a salvation narrative? We attach ourselves to a vine, because, to a branch, because Jesus is our vine. And we say, I'm done. I'm done. And we say, I'm going to stay here, and I'm going to let you do your work in my life to fulfill your calling for why you created me. And all of a sudden, you, you start changing the way you, you believe. And out of nowhere, all of a sudden, the way that you believe changes how you behave, which changes your character, which changes everything about you. You know what I love about the cocoon? And I'll tell you this right now, like, it has been a week of hell in our house. Matter of fact, last night, here's another thing. Ben dropped a 120-pound dumbbell on his toe. He's like, I think I need to go to the hospital. I'm like, you're not going to the hospital. You're not allowed in that hospital. And he's like, what? <laughs> Fortunately, we didn't take him. But let's like, you know what? Yeah, sometimes it, when it rains, it's a tornado. A tornado and a hurricane hitting your life at once, right? And that's okay. Because it's in those moments that God is sharpening you. I mean, think about that cocoon, that chrysalis. It had to go through rain and snow and heat and cold. But it was in that that God was doing something supernatural in creation. Yes, when hard times come, God is shaping you. Do I get an amen? Seriously. And and there's something very true about the butterfly. They've tried this in the lab. Let's help the butterfly get out of the cocoon. Come on, let's just open it up. Looks like he's having a hard time. Do you know if you open a cocoon, a chrysalis of a butterfly, the butterfly's still going to be gorgeous but it's not able to fly. And sometimes we want to look better than who we really are. 
And the only way that that butterfly ever, ever learns to fly is if it goes through metamorpho, the complete transfiguration of what God created it to go through. And when it breaks out, it has a supernatural strength that it can fly from here to Fresno. Pretty cool, huh? And we have become so wimpy that we just want our problems to go away. Because what the enemy means for bad, God is using for good. What the enemy wants to destroy you and and make you feel like what this world, what the enemy, what the flesh, what everything around says, you know what, let's just get out of this. And God's saying, you know what, I'm going to do a supernatural work in your life so you can do the supernatural. Run and not grow weary. Walk and not faint. And soar on wings like eagles. And you're going to bring life just like the butterfly brings life to other things. And it's all about so much more. It's not about behavior modification. Parents, it's not about behavior modification. It's about heart transformation. And I love what Paul says about the mind. What is the mind? One center of logical reasoning, ethical judgment, and moral awareness where all this comes from. Paul says, let God do something up here as he's working on here, and our hearts are our emotional bank, our will, and our intellect. Let God transform what's right here, right? This is the the, the furthest distance from from ever achieving what God has between the heart and the head. Let God start transforming from here to here so you can know what God has for you to be all that God has already birthed into creation for you. Here's what I believe. I believe what scripture says. God has, our names are written in the book of life. If you're a follower of Jesus, your name's written in the book of life. And if you're not a follower, Jesus says, I want to write your name down today. And it also says in Psalms that God has penned down every single day of our life. I want to accomplish all that God has. I want to accomplish all that God has. And I don't want to miss out on all that God has because of my selfishness and my need for indulgence. Yes, as a teenager, I was suicidal. Imagine if I committed suicide and I missed out on all that God had. Imagine that. Imagine if I took my own life. I wouldn't be able to celebrate my son's birthday with him today. Imagine. He wouldn't have been brought into this world. God wants to transform our hearts, our emotional bank, our will, our intellect, as he's transforming our mind, our logic, our reasoning. I think, we, I think we stupefy the work of God so much that people don't understand it. You are logical human beings that God wants to say, I have so much more for you. Attach the two of them together. It's funny how Paul uses this word. Paul did not make up this word. This word was taken from what happened to Jesus. Two of the gospel writers, 
Matthew 17 and Mark chapter 9 talked about this transfiguring that Jesus went through. Fully God, fully man, sinless. And yet before he went to the cross, the work of God was not done in his life. Fully God, fully man, sinless. And the Spirit of God was still working on Jesus. We can't dumbify the work of God in the life of Jesus. And so he went on a mountain to pray, connected himself to the Father. And the Father prepared him to walk off the mountain, to go to Jerusalem, and to go through the pain and suffering that, that he had to go, to go through so we would have eternal life. And when Jesus stepped away, he looked different. Not externally, but there was a radiance about him. He shined so bright that people were like, wow, something happened in Jesus. And Paul is saying what the Father was doing in Jesus he wants to do in you as well. Do I get an amen for that? And what I love when I see Paul and Jesus, if those two needed the work of God in their life, so do we. So do we. So do we. And so why? Why does the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, want to do a metamorpho in us? Because look what Paul says. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good. God's will is, I love that. I actually like that word good better than great. Everything's great. It's a great day, great week, great this, great that. When someone says, it was good. You ever have like a really good meal? Like you have a great piece of pizza. Wow, that was a really great piece of pizza. But when you sit down and you have a really good meal, you go, oof, that was really good. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good. And it's pleasing. Oof, this word can make me cry. And it's perfect. It's perfect. Isn't that all of our hope? that we would experience the will of God in each one of us. I love seeing couples come in, young couples come in. I'm like, wow, God's got the best. Are you going to lean into it? It's not great, it's good. There's a young couple right there. What's up, guys? How are you? Like, like it's good, it's good. Good answer, great answer, right? Like, not even calling you out, but I'm going to call you out. God's got a good will for you too. How do you lean into it? It's not by figuring it out yourself. It's by figuring out what he has for you. For all of us. For all of us. And if you lean into Jesus, however it plays out, God's got your best intentions. Whatever that looks like. So this is funny. As I was studying, I think we act more like one thing than another. I think we all say, I want to be a butterfly. I just want to be a butterfly, right? That's a little weird. That was weird. <laughs> but I think here's the problem. This is what we do. 
put up the picture of the transformer, right? Transformers, more than meets the eye, right? This whole idea. I think what we do is we play the game of Christian transforming. One moment, we're a car. Next minute, we're a robot. One minute, we're having a good day. Next minute, we're having a bad day. And we live in this place that we don't want to say it, but let's call it what it is. It's called self-righteousness. God has not called you to be a bunch of transformers. One day, you're just kind of going through life, you're coasting along, and then the next minute, you're taking on universes across the universe. No, that's not how it works, because that's about you. You see that? That's about you. When you want to turn on Jesus and when you want to turn off Jesus. When you want to be faithful and when you want to be faithless. When you want to be part of the things of God and when you don't want to be part of the things of God. When you want to go to the night to shine, but the next minute you want to party like a rock star. When one minute you want to take care for someone, the next minute you just want to care for your own selfish needs. And so what we do is we jump in and out of self-righteousness. That's self-righteousness, self-pleasing. Let's not be a church of transformers. Don't pick and choose when the work of God is happening in your life, but be this. Put the butterfly up. This is what God wants to do. He wants you to do the supernatural. He wants you to live differently than every other caterpillar. Every other caterpillar. The problem is you too much of your life has identified yourself as a caterpillar. But in Jesus, you are a butterfly. And I see it in you. And some of you, and I will say, I feel like most of life is feeling like you're in the cocoon. Yes, there are many, many, many days that we just feel like we're in the cocoon. But know this. When you choose to wait, that's when God does his supernatural act of worship in you. That's when he does his supernatural work within you. All I did was stay still. All I did was bow down. You go before I go. Right? That's what we just sang in worship. When I thought I lost me, you knew where to find me. You reintroduced me to your love. Sometimes when you're in that chrysalis, you feel lost. Because it's dark. But God is doing his supernatural work in you. So you can soar on wings like eagles. You can run and not grow weary. You can walk and not faint. Plant family, metamorphoo, I speak that over you today. God wants to do a transfiguring work in each and every one of us. Amen? Amen. My prayer is this, that this message was a message of joy. That you walk out and say, I needed this. I needed this. I'm going to invite the band to come up. Let's, uh, let's pray for a moment, okay? Jesus, 
I ask you for just your, your supernatural presence to fill this room. Literally, just fill this room, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, just fill this room. God, my, my prayer for our planned church is that we would not be religious. We would be restful people. We would be the type of people that learn to rest in the presence of God so the presence of God can do his work in us. Holy Spirit, we, we confess like Paul that, that we too often, we too often do the things we know we should not do when every single time you provide an opportunity for us. God, I don't see a room full of caterpillars. I see a room full of butterflies. I ask you that today would be a day of humility where people would say, I'm done. I'm done chewing on leaves. Today, I want to be able to take in the presence, the nectar of God, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, do the work that only you can do. Help us to stop forcing it. Let's take this last song and let it just be a song of rest, a song of, of infillment. Maybe you just need to either picture yourself flying or you need to picture yourself sitting in the cocoon. Let's just let this, the Holy Spirit do supernatural work right now. Okay? Let's be a healing moment. Let's worship. It was great having you with us today. We do hope that this sermon inspired you to know Christ and make him known. For more sermons and resources, please visit us at theplantchurch.org.